Um, I would say uh, don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of failure uh, and just keep moving forward. Uh, failure, don't look at failure as a bad thing. Don't, don't look at pressure as a bad thing. Um, they are there to serve you. Just em embrace them and, and keep moving forward. Always move forward. Um, that, that's, that would be it. Just keep moving forward. Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential, grow into the men we dream of being, while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? Well, that's the big question. In this podcast, we'll help you answer those questions and more. My name is Brent, and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. Big shout out to Fallible Nation and a warm welcome to our first time listeners. Hey, thanks for checking us out. I hope you enjoy the show. My name is Brent, and today my special guest is Coach Rami Salah. Rami, welcome to the show. That's Rami, sorry. Told you I'd butcher at least once. It's all good. It's all good. Thanks, Brent. Happy to be here. Rami, are you a Star Wars fan? Yes, definitely. Awesome. Like, I randomly picked one trivia question for the show, and it, it is totally random. And I picked a Star Wars question today. So, hey, that works out great. I, <laughs> I asked a Harry Potter question one day, and, and the person was like, I've never seen Harry Potter or read it. I was like, oh, okay then. So, the random question of the show, which Star Wars film has the quote, always remember your focus determines your reality? Is it A, The Empire Strikes Back? Strikes Back, so that's horrible English. A, The Empire Strikes Back. B, The Phantom Menace. C, The Force Awakens. Or D, Solo, A Star Wars Story. I honestly have no idea, but I'm going to go with The Empire Strikes Back. It's hard to be the classic, right? It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you a original prequel or sequel guy? Uh, I mean, I've, I've watched all of them, but I mean, the, the original ones are the ones I, I, I watch more than once. I mean, you know, yeah. back then when we were kids, just watch the movies over and over again. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, those are the ones I watched most. Yeah, me, me too. I, I've seen all of them, but it's like, huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with those. So... Rami, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. I think um, I, would have, I would pick flight. Uh, and uh, I, I would pick that just because, uh, you know, if you can fly, you could uh, you could be in, in so many places, you know. And it just, it's a shortcut when it comes to time. And in this day and age, I have so many people living in different areas of the world. I just wish I could, you know, see them, spend time with them. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think this would be my pick. Okay. I like it. I like it. Definitely less creepy. I had one guest say invisibility. I was like, that's a little shady. Just Yeah. <laughs> In this day and age, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your go-to comfort food or guilty pleasure snack? Pizza. Pizza? Yeah. has to be pizza. I, I know you're disciplined about your diet, so I had to ask. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it has been like that ever since I was a kid. I, I've always loved pizza. I don't eat it as much anymore, but it's definitely my favorite one. What what kind of pizza? Uh, pepperoni, cheese, pepperoni and cheese pizza. Yeah, hard to go wrong. 
that that's can't can't go wrong with that one. I'm I'm not a huge pizza person, but we have a a local pizza place that's just you know it's, it's a local restaurant, right? And oh my goodness, they make such amazing pizza. I I've never. I used to be a youth minister, so I kind of burn out on pizza because at every youth event, we ate pizza, right, yeah. for years. And so I just totally burned out on pizza. I didn't like it anymore. This place has such amazing made-from-scratch pizza. It's like, man. Original Italian pizza or? Uh... No, no, but the guy is really big into fresh, high-quality ingredients. Okay. And everything is from scratch. So. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, life was a little better before I liked pizza because now I can, I can like just scarf the whole thing, dude. <laughs> I, it was so much easier when I didn't like pizza. <laughs> Are you a morning person or a night owl? I'm a morning person, definitely. Okay. Yeah. What purchase of a hundred dollars or less have you made in the last year that's had the biggest impact on your life? Ooh, um, that's a that's a tricky one. Less than a hundred dollars. Uh, I mean, that's kind of. It's gonna have to be a book, I would say. Um, I would say um, the um, the um, Russell Brunson's books, business books, the three books, Expert Secrets, Traffic Secrets, um, these dot com secrets. I think this series is uh, has has been great to me, honestly, as far as business goes. And um, I would definitely recommend it to any entrepreneur who's trying to start something online. It's a great series of books. Okay. Okay. I, I always laugh because I have more guys be like, oh, wait, under a hundred dollars. It's like, is that really that odd to people anymore? Nothing great costs less than a hundred bucks. It is. It's, it's tricky. It's tricky. Right. Inflation is catching up, man. It's, it's getting nuts. I have one guy who spent $70 on a pair of shorts. Wow. And he loved them so much. He bought like six more pairs. <laughs> he's like dude i'm telling you these are life-changing shorts i was like i, I just couldn't wrap my mind around for a pair of shorts yeah i'm i'm cheap so i was like you, you did what for half a pair of pants <laughs> it's crazy what, what are you most proud of in your life um my kids uh my kids just uh you know watching them grow and um um you know just Especially the older one, though the younger one is still, still a toddler. But um, you know everything that I, I see them doing. When my older son like goes to training, he does something new. Uh, when my younger one started walking, you know these things they they feel so proud, and I feel so proud of them uh, because at you know at at this age they, they struggle. They struggle with a lot of things, but uh, it's that stage where they actually overcome these challenges, right? They, this is how they grow up. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, watching them day by day, it's, uh, I love them. They're, they are, I mean, I'm most proud of them, definitely. There's nothing wrong with that. What are the ages? Um, six and a half and two and a half. Okay. Okay. Those are good ages, man. I, I've got a, my youngest daughter is turning nine Saturday. So by the time this airs, it will, she'll have been nine for a little bit of a while, but we're, we're getting ready for her birthday this coming Saturday. She's going to turn nine years old and my oldest is 11. So. Uh, Amazing. They're they're not far out of that age group. I, those are those are good ages. I like six and two. Yeah, I'm really not. I took my oldest daughter to her first youth group event this week uh, for our church. She finally moved into that middle school category. I was like, 
no, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> Sarah and I were like, this should not be as hard as dropping off at ke- kindergarten. This should not be that bad. But like, she's moving to that next age bracket. I'm just like, no, no. They're all past, don't they? Right? Oh my goodness. It seems like yesterday they were coming home from the hospital. So yeah. what is one random fact that people don't know about you? Um random fact that people don't know about. it's hard when you live a very public life right <laughs> it is um I, I collect knives yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i love knives ever since i was a kid like i was um obsessed with rambo growing up you know his, his knives and stuff i actually have the full collection uh it's just something i've i've, I've loved ever since i was a kid and uh, I, I no one knows about it really I was actually cleaning them today, but uh, yeah, I guess that's that's one thing. No, you know what? I totally get the fascination. I, I got my first pocket knife when I was like five, and I have knives everywhere around my house. I, I just love knives. So still the most useful tool ever. It's really. a crazy obsession that not a lot of people get, but when you when you have it, you're like, I love it. They're like my kids. <laughs> you know, my first job in the world was working on a ranch in Wyoming, for master bladesmith ed fowler and i would sit there for hours on the ranch and just watch him for hand forge these beautiful blades and just the whole process of hand forging these beautiful beautiful knives with ram's horn handles he actually has his own strain of rams that he crossbred to get genetically these rams that grew bigger more beautiful horns faster yeah and just just the painstaking artisan work and i've had him session my whole life (laughs) amazing yeah i I love it right there's there's a story behind every blade there really is true but you have to be a knife lover to to really appreciate so i'll stop sorry i can go way off on that (laughs) before we get into the meat of the show today what's something everyone should know about you going into this um well, I guess I'm just, uh, I'm one of those people who's, who's very stubborn, uh, you know, as far as life goes. I'm just, I'm the kind of guy who's just, I'll keep going. I'll keep going no matter what. It's just one characteristic that has served me well uh, throughout life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't like to take a no for an answer. I'll just keep going, keep going until something happens or die trying. That's, that's I guess, who I am. Okay. I respect that entirely. Like, stubbornness can make up for a lot sometimes it, it has its use, usefulnesses for sure yeah guys we've been spending just a little bit of time getting to know who rami is as a person who he is now in his life in the next part of the show we're going to dive into passion priorities purpose and more we're going to roll to our sponsor and we will be right back with more from rami Salah. now before we go any further i wanted to share with you guys i don't always tell you how much i love doing my podcast like i passionately love what i'm doing And one of the things that makes my life better as a podcaster is to work with a company like Grow Your Show. Grow Your Show is a one-stop podcast do it all. Now, I use Grow Your Show for my marketing, but Grow Your Show is literally a one-stop shop. You can record your episode and just drop it off with them and they take it from there. It's amazing. If you are interested in picking up podcasting as a hobby, or maybe you're looking to expand your business and use podcasting in that aspect, talk to my friends over at Grow Your Show. Adam will take care of you. I guarantee it. I trust him. He's my friend. He's my business colleague. 
and I wouldn't trust anybody else with my show. All right, guys, welcome back. In the first part of the show, we spent some time just getting to know Coach Rami, and today in this show, we're going to talk about passion, priorities, and purpose, and even more. Guys, I promise that you're going to love. We have so much for you today in this show. Coach, as we move into this, tell us about your journey, because you didn't start in fitness. Um, no, actually, I did not. Um, so um, when I graduated, um, I basically went into the corporate world and um, I, I worked for a while in, in sales, um, was in a, like in a Fortune 500 company, actually, for a good four, five, almost five years. Got promoted real fast. I mean, um, I was managing a region within three years. So I was doing great. But, um, you know, on the day I got promoted for my next position, um, I just, I, I resigned. I, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy at all. I was, um, I was living, you know, that, that sales guy corporate life um and it, it i was working to death uh, you know hardly sleeping extremely unhealthy i was actually believe it or not i was smoking at that time as well and um um it, it was draining the life out of me although I was, I was making great money great position um at, at that point when i got promoted i was like okay i, I got a decision to make because if i do this i'm probably going to be in this for life and then like no this is this is this is not what i want to do i'm just gonna i'm gonna switch and i'm gonna you know go into what i actually love um so that was that was the, actually the backstory and uh, then i i transitioned after that into fitness okay now you went down the fitness rabbit hole you have how many certifications do you have this i have no idea that's a, <laughs> that's a very good question I, I was I was researching you for the show and looking at your biography and information. It's like, holy crap, you have a lot of certifications. Yeah, no, I, I went that rabbit hole for a very long time. And um, it's, it's a passion. I love it. And fitness is just one of those areas that, uh, I mean, you can't master it, you know, and after getting a certificate, you can say, hey, you know, I'm good. But there are so many different areas and, and so many different philosophies and um, so many different tools to learn about. Uh, and uh, I just kept bouncing from one to one to one. Okay, this is great. I love it. I want to learn about this. I want to learn about that. So um, it, it took me to, to so many different areas, so many coaches. I mean, I had the privilege to learn from some of the, the best guys in the industry. Um, I mean, it was definitely a great journey, but, uh, I honestly lost, lost count a long time. <laughs> an interesting problem to have because it's a lot of work to get most of those certifications and yeah. you brought CrossFit to Egypt. I did. I did. I did. That was, that was a, well, that was a long time ago now. That was about 13 years ago. Um, when I brought uh, CrossFit to Egypt, um, I mean, at the time, it was, um, I mean, CrossFit was relatively new, even in the, in the U.S. at the time. You know, it was it wasn't what it was right now. And in Egypt specifically, it was it was a tough journey because uh, no one knew anything about CrossFit down here. It was mainly the gym, and that was it. I mean, even fitness, like regular fitness, wasn't a thing yet. Um, so when I started, I was like, "Okay, guys, we're gonna do CrossFit." What the hell is that? You know, it's, uh, <laughs> we don't even know what you're talking about. Um, and there wasn't even any tools, you know, like bumper plates, barbells, kettlebells that I had, 
I had to order tools into Egypt. Uh, um, it was crazy, like normal. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a rough start. I mean, it took me like a good three years to get my first place. I was coaching like outdoor uh, boot camp style uh, training for a while, uh, trying to spread the word. But um, it was a fun journey. Honestly, it was uh, it was nice. Nice, nice. And you're a level three CrossFit coach. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, I am. That's, um, that's incredible, man. I my my friend just got his level one certification, and I I know what a journey it was to get there. Like cro- people don't understand if you're not in this industry because so I'm an ASM certified coach. Um, yeah. People do not understand like becoming a certified CrossFit coach is not a small venture. Getting to level three, that that's crazy. <laughs> it is. It, it was hard, honestly. I uh, uh, it was one of the hardest like tests I ever had to sit through, mm-hmm. and uh, like uh, you know, I, I, like I have an MBA that wasn't even close. Like <laughs> the MBA was close to that. Like sitting in front of a computer for four hours, um, and. It, it was just one of those tests for me. I was sitting, I was like, this is, this, it doesn't just test what you know, it tests your experience because um, no matter how hard you study the material, which was like, you had to research most of it, mm-hmm. but it kind of tests like your experience as well inside the test. Like, uh, you know, I always tell this to anyone who tells me, uh, I want to do a level three. I tell them, okay, here's what questions are like in the level three. They view a group of people on a screen. 10, 10 people, 12 people performing the movement and asking to spot the error in the video. And that's what it's like. No, doesn't matter how many books you read. If you don't have the experience, you're not going to pass that test. I, I got to say, I, I'm actually more impressed with that because I was really, I, I failed my first NASM exam. Yeah. Because in the two-hour test, there was honestly nothing about training as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I was like, okay, I read this book cover to cover. I studied through all this and it's not a small book, but it's like, I thought we were going to talk about training. <laughs> Isn't that the point of becoming a certified personal trainer? You talk, learn about training and like, there was so little in the NASM certification about actual training practices yeah. and programming it was like, uh, it's a good thing I've actually trained people that getting the certification was just like, Hey, I should actually like get certified so I can charge people for this. But, and then I got a fanboy about one more. You have a West side barbell certification. Holy crap. I do. That, that was the other hardest thing I've ever had to go through. <laughs> I, I, so I'm, I'm a, my, my preferences is strongman and power. Looking. Like strength is, I, I appreciate the athletics involved with CrossFit, but the strength is my passion. And like fanboy out, holy crap, Louis Simmons is the godfather of strength. Like yeah, getting no. that certification, I can't, I didn't even know he offered that. Yeah, yeah. But I know uh, it can't be easy. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, it was brutal. Um, that thing, it took me two years of studying to pass that thing. And it's, it's, it's super hard. I can't, I, <laughs> I can't even tell you, like it, they give you about, if I remember, it was like 12 to 13 books, like, um, 
we're talking like college level books, mm -hmm. like super hard books. And uh, there's this one situation, I, I remember it. And it's crazy. I always, I always tell this story. I was, um, I had a question. So I, I emailed my instructor at Westside, told him, listen, I, I can't, I can't grasp this. You know, it's in, it's in the outline. I can't find it. You know, I have this question. What, how can I find the answer to this? He's like, oh, it's super easy. Check super training. Super training is a 700 page book. <laughs> I was like, okay, that does it. Obviously, I'm not getting any help there. I, I'm gonna get back to super training and try to figure this out. But it, it was, it was, it was like that. You know, you, 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 they're gonna make you work hard for it. That's why it had an 80 percent failure rate. They didn't want a lot of people to have it, and I didn't pass it in the first go either. You know, I, I failed my first, uh, my first time in. Mm -hmm. uh, but I. You know, it was a lot of hard work putting in, putting that much work in, sitting in another four-hour exam. It was, uh, it, it was a tough one too. Oh man, I can't even. For all of you who are not like, and, and there's no judgment, okay? If you go to the gym, work out, and take care of yourself, great. If you're not super obsessed with strength, like some of us are, and you don't know what we're talking about, Westside Barbell is not only a style of lifting, but a gym. That's where it originated. That style of lifting. And these, they produce some of the strongest lifters in the world. Like some of the most beastly strong guys and they have no other care. They're just pursuing strength. And it's, it's insane. The guys in out of there, they come out of there benching 600 plus pounds. And I mean, this is their obsession. And so Louis Simmons is just he pioneered so much and the guys that come out of that gym are some of the best trainers and coaches in the world. Uh, like I can, I, I seriously fanboy, like I can go through and like name off several of them that I follow, uh, and have just molded my training throughout the years for strength training, but I'll stop. I'll stop. I was like, I was super impressed, man. I, I was like, Holy, you can tell I'm fanboying here. Uh, so you, you left a master's degree in business, which, that's not a small undertaking to get there. Uh, the amount of time it takes to get a master's degree, the amount of money you invest to get to that place, right? There, there's time before that pays itself off. You invested a lot into this and you decided to follow your passion into fitness and then have just ruthlessly pursued that. I mean, to have that many certifications, to get the certifications you've had. And now your life is taking a different spin. So let's talk about how fatherhood changed your life and perspective. Um, man, fatherhood, it completely changed my life. I mean, um, our first son, um, uh, when we had him, it was, it was, I just think we, we weren't ready. Uh, we weren't ready for it. It was, it was really tough. He was, um, he was colic. He, um, he cried, he cried like for months, we couldn't sleep. I didn't get three, three hours in a row of sleep for the first seven or eight months. I didn't get a good night's sleep for the first two and a half years or so. It, um, it, it was really tough uh, having him. Um, and to, to the extent that we said, hey, we're not gonna have any more kids, right? Uh, and, um, but I, I loved it, I loved it, but it was a struggle. Um, but it was one of those things that, you know, uh, you struggle, but you love it at the same time. Like you, 
you don't know, uh, you can't leave it, but you love it at the same time. Uh, but honestly, having my family was, and starting family was one of the big influencers and one of the big reasons that I actually wanted to start an online business because, I mean, where I live at least, and I had several gym locations that I ran before, my life basically started in the evening, started around 5 or 6 p.m. when, when you know, because I had to be at one of the locations when, uh, when people came in, always at the gyms and stuff. And that meant that I wasn't there uh, for my family in the evening. And that was a crazy situation for me because... I didn't want that. I didn't want to be the dad that wasn't around for his uh, for his kid and for his wife. Um, and that was my vision. You know, I that's why one of the main drivers for me to start an online business. And um, when I when I finally started it and it took off, um, it was one of the big reasons that I actually sort of transitioned out of owning um, an affiliate or a CrossFit box. Okay. Okay. Can I ask where where in this journey did your first child come into the picture? Um, where so I, I had my first child in 2017. Okay. Uh, I I had been running uh, my gyms for seven years so far. So started in 2010, and yeah, my first son was born in February 2017. Okay, so multiple multiple gyms and locations, multiple certifications in. You've already made one huge transition in your life from the corporate world, the fitness industry, and you're in, I mean, most people will go, oh, hey, I own multiple gyms. I'm, I'm super certified and, you know, this is very successful. And then your kid was born and the world changed again radically for you. You have to reevaluate your priorities, Yeah. right? I mean, that's a huge, fatherhood's an interesting thing. And it's, it's something universal between all dads. I remember... A coworker of mine, I worked with him over a long enough period of time. Like I knew him when he was dating his now wife. And like he was a typical obnoxious little crap. I just like trying to be nice about it. Like he was you those of us who had families who start talking about our kids and stuff, he'd like just politely try and scoot away from the conversation. And you know, he was typical young twenties and and then he got really serious and then he got married. But then he had his first kid and he had a little boy and the world changed radically like who he was. It was it was really fun to watch to see because like he became a person. He, he actually cared about other people. He listened to other people. Right. It changed the way he viewed the world. And then I walked into work one day after his son was about two. And like he looked like he, he was going to faint, like something's wrong. I was like, what's going on, brother? He's like, how do you sleep at night? I was like, what's going on, man? He's like, we're, we're pregnant. Katie's pregnant. I was like, dude, congratulations. That's amazing. He's like, it's a girl. I was like, dude, that's awesome. He's like, how do you, how do you sleep at night? I was like, you better sit down. Because I have two daughters. Yeah. And I was like, you're looking at the world a whole different way now, huh? He's like, every man sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I get that. I got to have a daughter on the way as well. It's, it's, it's different. Right. Kids, kids change the lens through which we see the world drastically. 
right? We get suspicious about people. We start thinking about defending the house and oh my goodness. It, it just, it changes our perspective in a massive way. Uh, fatherhood is one of those universal like connections. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, where you're from, what your background is. Men come together on fatherhood. But a lot of guys struggle when they make that transition into fatherhood, right? Some of the because our perspective changed, some of the things that were important to us, we let our tend to let our health go a little bit, right? We get less active. Uh, you said at one point you were struggling with binge eating, yeah, and emotional eating. There, how do how do we as men start to square with these changes, right? I mean, it's it's a lot, right? But how do we? universally it just it hits guys out of the blue right they hit that oh my goodness i'm going to be a father and, and life changes radically and you have to change your priorities and your perspectives so what's your just off off cuff advice to men who are experiencing this for the first time right they're, they're just getting the news of wow i'm going to be a dad what 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 do you want to say to men who are just finding out this as far as you know how to breathe in that moment as they're looking at their whole reality shifting. Yeah, no, I, I mean, honestly, it's the best feeling in the world. Um, there is nothing as enjoyable, you know, as having kids. It's, it's, it, that is what it is. So I, the first thing is it's, it's an amazing thing, you know, to have kids. Um, however, it is super hard. It is also one of the hardest things you're going to have to go through. Uh, certainly is the for me it's, it's definitely one of the hardest things I've ever been through and um, we just live in a world that doesn't really prepare us for fatherhood um, as far as I can see I mean nothing prepared me for what was coming I mean I was I was a guy who was very structured in my day I had routines in place I loved my routines you know um, I considered myself uh, very, you know, mentally tough and disciplined and all that. But when my when my kid came into the picture, all that blew up in my face. I couldn't get a routine in. I couldn't sleep right. And and I, I and just my life turned upside down. And nothing really prepares you for that unless you um, start preparing yourself for it um, by just toughening the hell up, toughening the hell up out of yourself. I think that's that's the that's the way to go. I mean, the tougher you are as a human being, um, the more you'll be able to manage that. But um, if you don't feel mentally prepared for it, it's it, it could be like a black hole that sucks you in and you, you won't know what hit you. Okay. That's, I mean, that's, I, I know for me, right, physical activity and diet and sleep. And even hydration, right? The first, the four pillars of your health, yeah. first thing sacrificing out the door. It's like, psh, I'll eat eventually. My wife and I joked about, you know, it was, it was months before she had a hot meal uh, because she was nursing at the time. And it, it was, you know, and every meal was like, here, I'll, I'll hold the baby. You eat, eat real quick, eat, eat, eat you know, uh, it, it radically just hit those four pillars of your health. I think that's that's where the idea of dad bod comes from. Is for men, that's one of the first things we drop is taking care of ourselves. So, talk to a lot of men's coaches, and you have a 
different approach. So what sets your approach to personal development and self-mastery apart from other programs and methodologies? Um, well, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it starts with first us taking ownership of the problem, right? <laughs> Cause I, I see that a lot. Um, most men out there, uh, they blame the issue on something out there, right? They blame it on time. They blame it on their kids. They blame it on their marriage, they blame it on work. Um, they don't take the time to, to stand and look in the mirror and say, Hey, you are the person responsible for this and you are the solution and you're the problem at the same time. And once we, we let that sink in and, um, we start to take note of what we're saying to ourselves and taking control of the conversation that's in our mind, um, things start to change because I think that's the most important thing. You know, um, thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to actions, actions lead to results. It's, it's that uh, sort of connection that, that leads to where we are at the end. And I believe it always starts in the mind. If we can control that and control the thoughts We'll be able to control everything after that and this is where i think um i like to come in i mean yeah i, I exercise is great and nutrition is great and, and i know these things but these are not really uh, the levers that we need to work on uh, to start with at least because this is not where we're going to get the, the most bang for our buck because most people go there right away and say okay you know go exercise and take control of your diet and that's amazing but then you get results for a very short period of time um, and then, you know, when you sort of stop or you hit a roadblock or life happens, sort of bounce back into your old habits as opposed to, okay, what are, what are, what are my thoughts? What am I thinking? What's my mindset like? And, and you start taking control of those, those thoughts, taking control of your emotions, and then, you know, drilling those into daily habits and rituals, which then, you know, give you the results you need. This is sort of how I look at it. Okay. Now, guys, we've been discussing passion, priorities, purpose, and a little bit more. In the next part of the show, we're going to dive into becoming men of character. We're going to roll to our sponsor, and we will be right back with more from Rami Salah. How well do you sleep at night? Do you toss and turn and wake up more tired than when you went to bed? Sleep is commonly one of the critical elements people fall short on in their life. The quality of sleep you get directly affects your ability to control your weight, your ability to add muscle, your stress levels, and your everyday job and life performance. If you're ready to move to the next level, then sleep has to be part of the plan. Check out our friends at ghostbed.com if you're ready to get your best sleep. I love my ghost bed. I've been sleeping on one for a couple of years and has made a huge difference in how I sleep. Hit ghostbed.com and use the code thefallibleman30 to get 30% off your order and start getting better night's sleep tomorrow. Now, let's go on to the show. Guys, welcome back. In the last part of the show, we discussed passion, priorities, purpose as Rami, I'm going to say that. So sorry, I'm going to say it wrong so many times. This Rami has just changed his career a couple of times in his life at these major turning points to align with his priorities, with his changing purpose in life. In this part of the show, we're going to dig into becoming men of character because that's not something we talk about very often anymore. Like it actually kind of boggles the mind for me a little bit because you go back a generation or two, like that was a really big thing, right? People men of character right and we looked at guys like john wayne's characters and we're like yeah that was a man of character right and some people were like oh those are men men's yeah but they were they were men of character they went beyond men's men or whatever 
but you don't hear that term as often in the modern era, which to me is just tragic. So for our listeners, let's, let's define what is character? Why is it important? Um, well, it's, it's not easy, I think, to define character, but to me, at least it's, um, it's having a certain set of values that you don't really compromise on and you just live by every single day. That's, that's how I see a man's, a man's character. It's those, you know, specific values and traits that sort of define who you are. Okay. So I would say like one of them that I've always li- tried and live by is a man of his word, right? To me, that's a character trait. If a man says he's going to do it, you should be able to count on. I, I'm old enough and, and grew up with old, people that if a man shook hands, the deal was done to me. It's done, yeah. Right? Now, <laughs> you didn't have to say, I promise or I swear. You shook hands with me, we're done. It, that, that's as good as signing a paper to me. Yeah. And so, like, being a man, man of your word is, is what we would call a character trait, I think, and other values that are similar to that, right? Uh, men who show up on time. Basics, right? <laughs> I, I used to be a, a hiring manager for my company, and oh my goodness, I, I had a fight with my boss one time because I was hiring somebody from a, a different team, totally different career path. He's like, "But, but this guy's got no no experience in the field." I said, yeah, but I know his work ethic because we worked in the same building, and he's here every day, not just on time, but early prepared when his shift starts he put in the work to get a degree it's unrelated but he put in four years to get a degree and saw that through right and he's the first person to volunteer to take extra shifts if somebody calls out sick right i can tell you he has the character of a person i want to work with here i can teach him to do what we got to do my boss was like oh I, i don't he doesn't look i can train him that's what i do but I can't teach him to be a person of character. I can't teach someone to be on time and to care and to actually apply themselves. Uh, so, you know, that's just one of those things these days, right? It and is. We're losing that conversation, not because the younger generations are bad. I, I, I get I get hit all the time. It's like, you're so hard on the younger generations. It's our fault. I'm not blaming them. I'm blaming us. We We let up to an extent with some of the younger generations and didn't put the same demands on them about showing up on time and being true to their word and having that character. Um, no, I mean, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, those two things specifically, uh, I think those are the, the main pillars, I guess, to judge, to judge a man by, I mean, my dad used to tell me this, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, uh, you know, he's always like, um, yeah, a, a man is his word, right? <laughs> this is, that's basically it. If I, if I say something, uh, you can take it to the bank. It's going to happen. It's, it's, I, I don't need to repeat it. It's, it's, uh, if it comes out of my, of my mouth, it's, it's done. You know, that's, that was like the, the first thing. That's how I learned that I, my word means something, you know, or at least it has to, to me. Um, and in my dad, you know, he was in the military and, you know, time was, was a big thing. You know, I, I, I don't think I knew what being late is growing up. That just doesn't, doesn't exist. Um, 
uh, we're always either early um, or on time. And if you're on time, you know, you might, <laughs> you're late. But, um, but it's something I grew up with. And uh, I mean, it served me well, honestly, but it's a struggle, you know, I mean, where I live, honestly. I mean, I live in Egypt at the moment. And time is not like, uh, it's not a big thing down here. And people are very relaxed with time. Um, but it's like you said, I mean, you can't really blame the younger generations. Uh, it's, it's, it's up to us, right, to, to sort of uh, reinforce these things and, and not to let up on them, I think. Because I think that a lot of people sort of give in to what's happening around them. You know, it, it's, like, it, it's okay. I mean, I don't, I don't really need to be a hard ass about this. If, if everyone's late, then I'm going to be late, you know. And, and people tend to give in to that peer pressure instead of just, you know, standing your ground and saying, hey, this is how I am, you know, I'm not going to change no matter what. Did your dad uh, reference Lombardi's role of time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we're, we're tracking, man. That's it. Yeah. Uh, my, my dad was in the military for a, a short, for like six or years or whatever. But he was also a big football guy. So he loved Vincent Lombardi anyways. And it just reaffirmed everything he already lived by. Uh, so I, I heard that reference. Even was, when I heard it called Lombardi's Rule Time when I was in the military. But it was like, I was like, oh, that's where dad got it from. Okay. He's taking credit for that. But that's where that's where that came from. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so in becoming men of character, I think we have to take the trash out some. And you talk a lot about confronting addictions and handling like depression and things in life that are dragging us down. Can you, can you lean into that a little bit? Um, I didn't get that. So I can't repeat that. Sorry. I, I didn't make that a real clear, clear question. I think to become men of character, to become the men we need to be, we have to confront some of the trash in our life sometimes. And that might be in the form of addictions that might be in the form of, even laziness, our complacency. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that most most of us these days we have uh, we have things in our life that we, and I speak this from personal experience, honestly, that we um, kind of we're slaves to, if we can put it that way. Things that. We know we need to give up, but we're not willing to give up. And that's basically the test for me. There is something that um, I know I need to give up, but I'm not willing to give up. Uh, and I know that if I give it up, it's it's actually better for me. This is when I know that this is something I need, I need sort of to get rid of. And uh, I believe this is where most of us get stuck because we... We, we we live in a culture of comfort, right? We just want to be comfortable. We're sold on that idea that life should just be comfortable. It should be relaxing. Uh, we we're being told that you know problems are are bad. Pressure is not good for you. Should avoid it at all costs. And uh, everyone just wants to go home at the end of the day, sit sit on the couch and watch TV and sort of sedate themselves, uh, to sort of forget whatever crappy day was was behind them, right? Instead of living. Um, a life of passion and a life of purpose and dealing with whatever is ailing them head on, right? Dealing with the problems uh, because that's how we become stronger and, and how we become better men, right? Um, um, 
and I, I've, I've personally discovered that, you know, the, the, the more pressure I put on myself and the more problems I actually force myself to deal with, uh, the happier I become <laughs> because happiness comes in that area from overcoming adversity. And when you do it consistently, you become better and better and become more confident and more confident. So you're saying you've got to head things on and we've got to jump into discomfort, which isn't that, that alone is a scary concept for most people. So tell us about, I mean, you've made some big leaps in your life going from the corporate world to the fitness world and then changing your format that was already working in what people call it very successfully into a different format when you changed your priorities with your kids. So at these pivotal moments in your journey, you know, how did you, how do you process confronting your fears and getting out of your comfort zone and, and making these changes? Because I think a lot of us get jammed up in that. So can you oh. talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, I mean, honestly, it wasn't all nice and dandy, right? And like I, I said before, you know, I actually suffered from like a bitch eating disorder and I gained a lot of weight at, at one point. And at one point I was pitying myself to the point where, you know, I, I, I sat down with my wife and I told her, you know, I don't, I don't know what the hell, what's the point of this life anymore? It's just like struggling everywhere. I'm struggling at work. I'm struggling at home. I'm struggling with myself. Um, it's just, I don't know what the hell, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just not happy. And um, the only thing that was sort of getting me through this is that I always knew that if I just keep going and work as hard as I can, I'm eventually going to come out. I don't know when I had no clue when the other side is, you know, when the light, when I'm going to, I'm going to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I had overcome, you know, several obstacles throughout my life to know that it's going to happen. But the challenge is that the challenge that I found was as I grew older, the light was always further. <laughs> it wasn't like weeks or, or months. It could take years to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you make certain changes as you get older and have more responsibility and stuff but it's gonna you're gonna see eventually that's what i told myself you're gonna see it just put your head down and just keep going and no matter how many times you fall just keep getting up you know you're gonna suffer and that's okay you know you're, you're you can take it you're a big boy and and it's it's not a bad thing that's that's basically was my mentality how do we build a mindset like that i mean perseverance and that's, that's a lot these days. It, it's, it's not something, you know, I, I see the meme all the time on, on social media and, and I, I get a laugh out of it at the same time. It kind of annoys me where it talks about, you know, good times breed soft men, soft men breed bad times, bad times breed hard men. Right. And so we, we've been on a fairly good time in the last, well, I won't say the immediate last couple of years, but in the last couple of decades of life, with the exception of some major earth changing events in the last couple of years, really life has been pretty, pretty on an up point. And so a lot of people are struggling with resiliency and that mindset that comes with that. How do we build a mindset that will carry us through those times? Um, I think it's a mixture of two things, you know, you basically, 
you do hard things on a daily basis, things that you struggle with. Um, and, you know, this could be as simple as waking up early, you know, for, for most people. It's, I don't think it's ever comfortable to wake up early. <laughs> I wake up at like four o'clock every single day. And um, it's, it doesn't get easier. It <laughs> doesn't get easier <laughs> ever. But uh, I've been doing it for so long. But I mean, that's this one thing. And I think the other thing is just consistently doing things that you're bad at. Because, and I have noticed this so much throughout my life. Whenever I start doing something that I'm good at, first reaction is i want to quit you know just figure something out like go to go do something else go go this is this is too much this is super hard and um i was actually experiencing that today you know working working on a project and that that just comes up and um you just keep going you just have to keep going and say you know what you, you, you keep going it's it, it's eventually you're gonna figure this out but all you have to do is not quit and the more we do that, the more we sort of get confidence in our ability to overcome, because that's the only way to really um, make it happen. You know, you, you got to go through it several times in, seven, in different situations, so so that you know that okay, it's here. I've hit the wall. I just got to keep going to to, to go through that wall, um, and it's not going to be the last wall either. <laughs> Probably when I knock that one down. I'm going to run into another one down the line and all I got to do is to just keep going and so forth. Okay. People, uh, I, so I, I do obstacle course racing, uh, like Spartan races, Tough Mudders. And one of the things they uh, like to say at Tough Mudder is, you know, when, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Right. Yeah. I, I love the idea. It's like, okay, you know, I, I was laughing. I was doing a race weekend before last down in portland oregon and we were going through and a couple of the guys were like wow and i looked at them because you could tell they're like their first event they're kind of, i said remember you paid to do this to yourself <laughs> yeah and they're like yeah we're questioning our life choices right now <laughs> like no no you man you got to find those you got to find those things where you're not the best you got to find those things where you struggle and it doesn't come to you naturally or it doesn't come to you easily and go i can still do it I, I can still push through this i can still learn this i can still make those adjustments rami for someone who wants to start making these changes about who they are in their life and reaching for their best self to become the men and character that they want to be to become the men they see in their head right and go man i want to be that what are the first three steps that our listeners can take right now to start this journey? Absolutely. So first thing is you've got to define who that person is, right? Who, who is that? Who's that guy that you want to become? Um, what does he do? What are, what are his values? What does he do on a daily basis? I think that's the, the most important thing. Uh, what does his day look like? Uh, what are his habits? And what are his values? What does he value most? Um, and when you have that defined, just um, write it down and start doing it immediately on a daily basis. There is a saying, um, Wes Watson says this, acquire what you admire. And if you admire that character, just go after it. But first you need to know what it, what it is, right? And that's why I say define it, write it down on paper. And then just start relentlessly pursuing 
those those habits um, that you've defined and start living by those values. You know, um, I think that's that's really the best way to go about this. I I'm, I mean, I certainly I, I, I do this honestly. Um, whenever I I, I want to break down something, I just break it down into okay, what do I need to do on a daily basis? What are the simple simple things? Forget about the goal for a second because the goal is too far into the future, but if I if I need to um, accomplish it, what are the two or three things that I need to do on a, every single day, every single day, and just find them and start doing them every single day. So define what you're after, and then isolate the small things. I think that, that's incredibly valuable, what you said there is, we, we want to jump to that end goal. You said, you know, it's, it's so far out there. We want to jump Right. We, we live in a microwave culture where we're used to instant gratification. Yeah. And so we, we want to jump from A to Z and, and skip the whole rest of the alphabet. And, and there are all those little steps. I was talking about this with some guys just the other night. You know, we, we, we skip all the parts that come with that. That's why so many New Year's resolutions tank so early, I think. Uh, at least in, in the U.S., I don't know. I can't speak about other parts of the world, but in the U.S., there's like a 86% failure rate on New Year's resolutions in the first two months. And it's because people will go, here's where I'm at, and I'm going to be there. And, and they skip all the little steps in between and think, well, I'm just going to do this, and that's going to put me there. I love Atomic Habits. Have you read Atomic Habits? Yeah, yeah great book, James Clear. Absolutely. I, I loved him explaining that. It's like, oh, you know what? There's... I, I've done this. I, I've made that mistake going down that way. All the little things involved with every change and every big decision. Rami, what is next for you? Um, honestly, for me right now, I am. Uh, my passion, honestly, is is fatherhood, right? And I I've struggled with it. I've really struggled with it. I believe in, I'm in a better place, but I, I don't think I've made it yet. But I, I think that you know I, I've, I've struggled with so much that I, I have a little bit of knowledge that I hope I can you know transfer to other men around the world. So that's my current project. Actually, I'm working on starting sort of a, a movement for men um, to sort of you know create a community of, of men to help them through that. You know, just how can we? deal with this you know life changing um circumstances that are, are going to hit us all of a sudden without you know without them wrecking or breaking us and actually you know thriving on them instead of having to you know look at it as an extremely painful experience and feel like we're missing out on life okay that's i i think i read your stated goal somewhere you want to help ten thousand men or was it a hundred thousand to, uh, yeah, well, I, I like to start small, so oh, <laughs> 10,000 men, yeah. Okay, okay, so we're going to start at 10,000 and work from there. Uh, where is the best people place for people to find you? Um, my Instagram account, it's uh, Coach Rami. Uh, that, that would be the best place. Just uh, reach out to me. I always answer my DMs. Uh, if there's any questions or anything, just shoot me a message. I'm always there to help. Guys, and he has an awesome Instagram account. He does it way better than I do, so... Go, go check him out. If you're a social media person, like seriously, so much better than mine. He, he's got some, I was scrolling through it myself earlier, enjoying some of your Instagram reels. And it's like, man, I got up my game. Like it's, 
this guy's this guy's got an idea going on here. It's, it's good. Now I know all of you are dying to know which Star Wars film has the quote. Always remember your focus determines your reality. You said A, the Empire Strikes Back. B, the answer is actually B, the Phantom Menace. Uh, yeah. So it turns out like one good thing came out of that movie. Not, <laughs> not much else, but one one good thing. Now, Coach, I want you to close this out. If if someone hears this podcast today and they hear nothing else, what is the most important thing you want to say to our audience today? Um, I would say uh, don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of failure, uh, and just keep moving forward. Uh, failure. Don't look at failure as a bad thing. Don't don't look at pressure as a bad thing. Um, they are there to serve you. Just em- embrace them and and keep moving forward. Always move forward. Um, that that's that would be it. Just keep moving forward. Always. Guys, Coach Rami Slaw, go check him out. See what he's about. He is all about helping men, especially in men who are approaching fatherhood or in are into the fatherhood journey. Check out what he's got going on. Be better tomorrow because of what you do today. We'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.